Kristaps Porzingis, gone. Tobias Harris, gone. Thon Maker, Stanley Johnson, Tyler, what's his face? Johnson, gone, gone, gone. Mike Muscala, gone. Mike Scott, gone. Landry Shamit, gone. And the trade deadline is still heating up. We're going to get into it right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah. Nice. Uh, That's good. No, that was strong. Yeah. No, it's trade deadline. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So it's trade. Hey, I got a big one that just came in. Seriously? Not big. Oh, man. The Toronto Raptors have traded guard Malachi Richardson for Emmer Predzlik. Great. And draft considerations. Nobody cares. That means nothing. (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. Let's move on. Um, So what we're going to do in this show is we're going to look at the trades that have already happened. And we're also, of course, going to talk about some of the looming potential trades, including Anthony Davis, Mike Conley. Anything else that's out there that, that seems maybe like... Maybe a little Kyrie Irving talk. Yeah, maybe some Kyrie as well. Not that he's going to get traded, but his but that sort of sort of a looming potential guillotine for the Celtics anyway. Um, and as they're continuing to think about, should they be moving, should they be trading Anthony Davis and what is their team going to look like? So that all that's all in play. It also, I think, really strongly affects the Knicks' decision to trade Chris Porzingis, which is probably where we should begin because that was a damn shocker. We have to begin with our best bets from last week, Jonathan. It is the law of the land. But okay. we will get to Chris Tapps, which is a name that I wish I had soon after that. The Pelicans played the Rockets. We decided that they weren't going to score a lot of points as a group, those two teams. <laughs> Cumulatively, yes. Un- under 233 and a half, they happened to go for 237, so we lost that one. Shocking. Terrible. The refs screwed us. I mean, obviously, they Rigged. called too many fouls at the end. Everybody got the bonus. And Why did they let them shoot the threes? I don't know. I didn't <laughs> Just watch. play better defense. I didn't watch the game. No, me either. <laughs> Why would you watch that game? The Pelicans without Anthony Davis? Who cares? I mean, I try and watch Jillo Okafor play. Uh, he can Continues to be kind of crushing it, by the way. He had one bad yeah. game, but uh, she had another monster game the other day and uh, seems to be kind of the real deal. That is a very strange story and one that we will continue to monitor. Nice. Oh, Jonathan almost it. just fell over. It's great. Um, all right. Chris Dapps. Okay. Let's talk about the entirety of the trade here. Cool. So the Knicks sent the blue chipper, Chris Dapps Porzingis, way outperformed his draft slots right away. Mm-hmm. Fourth overall pick. What was it? Four years ago? Three years ago? Uh, I think four years ago now. Four years ago. Coming off a torn ACL, uh, apparently medically cleared to play, right? And um, yeah, I think so. Apparently he's like running and looks pretty good. And before tearing that ACL last year, was looking like a monster beast. 22 points, one and a half blocks, two and a half blocks maybe, uh, and six and a half rebounds. Yeah, and some other good stuff too. So Chris Dapps, that guy... Very young still. Courtney Lee, sharpshooter overpaid. And uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., same category as Courtney Lee. Not sharp, though. Just shooter. Shooter. Yeah. Guy who shoots. Yeah. So those three guys went to the Dallas Mavericks, the home of the Luka. Yeah. In return for Dennis Smith Jr., a guy that it seems like the Mavericks gave up on as soon as they decided they were getting Luka, mm-hmm. um, even though they, he's just in his second year in the league and is 20 or 21 years old. Um, two bad first rounders, two Mavericks first rounders, which are now going to be bad because they're going to be good now that they have Chris Tapps and Luca on the same team. Sure. It's going to be hard for them not to be pretty good 
They're also down the road because the Hawks get the first round pick of the Mavs this year and you can't trade next year's pick. So it's uh, like the 2021 and 2023 picks. Oh man. Even if Chris Stapps is hurt for the rest of his career, Luke is going to be good enough on his own by then. You would think. Yeah. So two bad first rounders, um, a dilapidated Wes Matthews, who has never been the same since tearing his ACL when he was with the Blazers. They're going to um, cut him almost certainly the next yep. well. And a dilapidated DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Another buyout candidate. So this was just a salary dump for the Knicks, effectively, including their their superstar blue chip young prospect. They used Kristaps Porzingis to get off these other salaries and get the expiring contracts and to get Dan Smith Jr., which is, you know, still has value in the league. For Even sure. though they took Frank Nicolina over him in the same draft class. Yes, one pick before him. And they also, of course, have uh, Moutier on the team, who's played all right. Yeah. But yes, Dan Smith Jr., <laughs> So, so now, as, as you might say, the Knicks are just basically a bunch of flopsum and jetsum. Yes, I would say things like yeah. that. I like saying things just like that. Yeah, the Knicks are embracing the tank, although Porzingis wasn't coming back anyway. So, I mean, they were already embracing the tank. They are clearly going all out, A, for Zion Williamson, but more so they're going all out for free agency this summer. They want Kevin Durant and they want Kyrie Irving. Those make a lot of sense if you're the Knicks, right? Like that would make your team pretty good. Also, if you can add that to everyone likes to say, you know, Kyrie, KD and Zion, but that hitting that is like such a tough. If they hit like, that though, that would be incredible. That's like hitting a three quarter court shot. You yeah. know, like it's almost impossible. Just winning the lottery is hard enough. You know, yeah, they're the going to have, have best a 14% chance to win the lottery. I mean, it's very unlikely to win it. And then they have to actually get KD and Kyrie. I don't know how likely that that really is. Maybe, maybe it seems like a lot of people are saying um, people in the know are saying the Knicks wouldn't have done this unless they had very strong information about at least Kevin Durant. Um, so maybe there's something to that. It does seem like Durant is out of there in terms of Golden State. And there's only so many places he would really go. I think the Knicks, I guess, are one of those places. Yeah. So maybe maybe the Knicks know KD's coming and are now trying to they figure if KD comes they can get someone else. Ideally it's Kyrie, but I think they would live with clay Thompson and they would live with um, a few other guys too. Jimmy Butler's a free agent. Maybe uh, they could try to get Kawhi. Kawhi is a free agent. That's a great, a great one. Um, there are other guys. I mean, this is less so, but like Tobias Harris is a free agent. Kemba Walker's a free agent. There are other really good players, not superstars, but really good players as well who would make your team better. Once you already have Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, if they can hit that triple, the, the well, yeah, inside the park home run of, of getting somehow Zion Williamson, which is the hardest of all three, probably because yeah. the most good things have to go right for that to happen. Kevin Durant and Kyrie, they are immediately Eastern contenders. Assuming Zion is really what we think he is. I mean, I think they're the best team in the East. If they have those three guys, uh, assuming Zion is anything close to what we think. He yeah. Is. And he has the highest player efficiency rating in the history of college basketball this year. So I, that's pretty good. I mean, people are saying he's the best prospect since Anthony Davis. Um, better than Anthony Davis really depends on who you talk to, yeah. but Anthony Davis is still, that's 2012. Yeah. I mean, you think about guys who've come in since then, Ben Simmons came in since yeah. then and bead came in since then, like really good players came in since then. Right. Um, and those guys like Ben Simmons, I wouldn't say has like crested expectations. He's just right around expectations. Yeah. So like better than that. Right. Um, so yeah, like very few, very few of the, like the scouts and stuff think, it's even really possible for Zion to be a bust. Maybe he can't be a superstar. Maybe, but most likely, I mean, he, he is, can be but a he, superstar. Oh, sorry, but I'm saying like even if he can't be a superstar, if he can just be pretty darn good. You had a pretty darn good player who's young and you control for a long time to those two other guys. I don't see who in the East is beating you right now. Like, yeah, 
maybe if the Celtics get Anthony, but no, if the Celtics get Anthony Davis and lose Kyrie, I don't think that's enough. Right. So I don't know how that, but, but here's the thing. I don't think it's going to work out like this. The Knicks, as we said, are very unlikely to get Zion just because the percentages are against them. I don't think Kyrie's actually going to the Knicks. I know he said some things lately that make it seem like maybe he is. He's saying things like, ask me July 1st, and I don't know anyone's shit. He said those two things when they were asking him about his previous commitment to staying with the Celtics, which he said at the beginning of the season. But if you look at those quotes in the whole thing he said in greater context, it's reasonable to interpret it. I'm not saying this is the only interpretation, but it's reasonable to interpret it of him more saying, I don't want to talk about this. Leave me alone, media. This is not something I want to spend time discussing. As opposed to, I am just, as opposed to, I'm definitely leaving, which is another way to interpret it and is also reasonable. Yeah. So, I mean, at the same point, he could sort of shut it down by saying, I'm absolutely resigning with the Celtics. Of course he end. could. And he hasn't done that. So that's a little problematic for Boston. But here's the thing. Kyrie left LeBron and the Lakers, right? Sorry, LeBron and the Cavs. Because he wanted to be the leader of the team. Right. He wanted to be the best player on the if team. If he's on the team with Durant, he's not going to be the best he's player. At, he's back to where he was with LeBron. Although he might think he's better than Durant. He Like these guys have overinflated egos. Maybe he would think that, but that's asking a lot because everyone in the league thinks, including the players, think Durant is amazing. Yeah, of course. So maybe Kyrie would think that, but it's asking, it's just, but he knows he's the best player on the Celtics. <laughs> and the Celtics are still could be a, a finals, you know, could, could win the finals in the next yeah. few years. Like maybe as early as next season, even, especially if you had Anthony Davis. Well, yeah. Um, of course, if he, he also apparently wants to join with Anthony Davis somewhere, but Anthony Davis is better than he is too. Maybe he doesn't know that. He probably doesn't know maybe that. Maybe he just doesn't know that. Okay, fair enough. In fairness, he's like the 10th best player in the league these days. You know, yeah. he's really playing amazing. I watch him every night. He's playing amazing, even though I don't like him as a person. He's, I love him as a basketball player. It's, it's incredible to watch. So good. I don't know if the Knicks are doing this right or not. Well, it I seems mean, crazy to give up Porzingis for this low return. I mean, you could, you could see this possibly working out for both teams though. If the Knicks do get everything they want out of it. Yeah, of course. Clearly this is just mostly a salary dump and they're, they're done trying to build around Chris Depps. Right. And Chris Depps was done with them. It seems like he didn't enjoy the tanking. Right. Um, so he was not in on that. It, this works out clearly for the Mavericks. So you can see what the upside is for them. They get a potential, like what a great second best player to have on a team. If yep. Chris Depps can come back healthy and be really improved still, he, of course he has a lot of upside to, to get better. Luca being one of the best players in the league in a couple of years, probably sure. They got a really bright future there with that. And they're in the same timeline. Basically, it's hard to have a young player who could really be the best player in a championship team, but the Mavericks have that. Yeah. And now they have the guy who could really reasonably your second best player in a championship team. Also, those are the hardest positions to fill. Yeah. Um, so to fill it without like getting these big free agent polls or having the number one overall pick back to back years or something like that, the way the Mavericks did it with the fifth pick in the draft and a lot of, you know, flora and fauna that they <laughs> sent to the Knicks. Like, it's sort of crazy. It feels like almost any team in the league could have had these two guys, um, considering what the Mavericks gave up for them. Like, the Mavericks did not give up a King's Ransom for either player, ultimately. The fifth pick in the draft and this year's top five protected number one doesn't suck for the Hawks. I mean, that's a reasonable payment because it was just the number three pick. But, like almost any team in the league could have traded up to that number three pick if that's all it took, right? Like people just didn't believe. I mean, I mean we've, we've gone over this a lot. Yeah, obviously. yeah we don't, but I'm saying like the Mavericks built, have built something quickly that most teams in the league could have built quickly. And right. that, that's just impressive to me. And they have a big opportunity for the next couple of years. Assuming Chris Tapps comes back fully healthy. Luca's on his rookie contract for three more years after this one. Mm. They're going to be able to attract free agents. Yes, they are. Also, Mark Cuban, of course, not afraid to pay 
the tax, not afraid to pay a lot of the tax, I think, if the team is good. Um, also, he's all about creating like a culture in Dallas and within the Mavericks organization where players want to stay and feel like cared for and thought about. And so it's it's really set up well. Like Porzingis actually gave the Knicks a list of teams who, he, who would be interested in resigning. The Mavericks were not on that list. Cuban didn't care and traded for him anyway, believing that they could talk him into staying. Porzingis has already come out and said he will sign a, a deal with the, the Mavs now. Like, yeah. like it didn't take long at all for him to be like, oh, this is way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can do this. <laughs> you know, so that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it is now. It's, so, so I love it for the the Mavs. On paper, on paper, it looks like they crushed the deal. But right. Obviously, this it's harder to see the the salary dump on paper. I mean, in the end, like the Mavs get an A no matter what. Yeah. The Knicks are going to be somewhere from an A to an F. The Knicks could also get an A if they get everything they want. If they, if they get two max free agents who are who are not Kemba Walker and Jimmy Butler, yeah. you know, they've got to be like better than. If they get Ke- Kevin Durant and someone else really good, then I guess this was a good move for them. Yeah. And fair enough, but. That's asking a lot, man. And uh, so right now, I, I'm not going to give them an incomplete. I'm going to give them a D. Yeah. And they still could be an F, but once in a while becomes an A. Right. It was kind of shocking when that news came out. By the way, all of this stuff that the Mavericks has, have been doing that is making their team like one of the best teams potentially for the next 10 to 15 years. Sure. It's all since they hired Haral Bob. That's right. I wonder if he has anything to do with that. I will say based on his tweets, he does. Yeah. He's basically like people are giving him credit and he's not deflecting it away, which I assume he would if he did not have a lot to do with it because the Mavs read all his stuff and would be angry at him. And he obviously feels comfortable saying versions of, yep, (laughs) yep, that was me. Like I'm a big part of that, you know? So apparently, yes, the Haralabob stuff is really working out for them early on anyway. I know he was a big Luca believer. I wonder if he's the reason that they like made sure they got Luca. Um, I would not be surprised if he pushed very strongly. Man, what a great hire that is. If that's really true, that he's the reason for these moves. Like, yeah. Or even if he's just the thing that makes the moves happen versus something they talk about. Yeah. Or like someone else in the organization also feels strongly, but it's not enough to convince Cuban to pull the trigger. But Haralabob says, really, this is the right thing. I agree. And then that makes it happen. Yeah. That, that's great. That, that level of influence since he is one of the best basketball minds in the world. Yep. All right. So that's that trade. It's that's the big one. That's the biggest one so far, but yeah. there's been a, you know, there was the Tobias Harris trade just happened. We'll get, we'll get to that. We're going to okay. go chronological on the trades. Okay. We talked about Anthony Davis last week. We're going to touch on him again at the end, but he has not been traded. Um, so Chris Tapps was the first ma- major trade. Not all the trades are, are quite as fun as that one. I no. mean, we got the Blazers trading two second round picks for Rodney Hood. Yeah. So that's not super exciting. The Blazers are just trying to add wing depth, and that's basically it, right? Is they're this a good to, idea? To trade two second rounders for Rodney Hood? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're going to be bad second rounders. Yep. So they're still second rounders, though. They're yeah. cheap. Yeah. They're little flyers on guys who almost never work out, but once in a while do. Well, Rodney Hood, I guess Rodney Hood still has some upside, I guess. The Blazers are trying to win now. They're trying, like, yeah. this obviously, at worst, he sits on the bench and never plays. Um, at best, he becomes a 25-minute-a-night guy and actually is, like, shooting well from three and is a big part of the rotation and helps yeah. the Blazers do on the playoffs and stuff. I mean, they're trying to make Lillard feel like they're doing stuff. to Right. Because tra- like, the nightmare is he goes to the Lakers in the year, right. right? Or somewhere. Or the Clippers. Yeah. Somewhere. So they're trying to say, hey, Dame, we didn't have the assets to get anybody more major. And maybe Lillard wants McCollum to stay. It's mm. possible. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe the Blazers would have traded McCollum by now if Lillard hadn't voiced his his backing of McCollum or something. But getting Rodney Hood for two second rounders, obviously, for this year and for Damian Lillard's current window, is better for Damian Lillard. 
So I think that's okay. what they're trying to do. That makes sense. Um, let's take a look. What was he had like a good year or two with the Jazz, right? Like a long time ago now. I mean, he's not. He that was old. A, he was an up and coming guy he's for 26. about six. He's only twenty six, right? Like his second year, everyone got very excited about him, and then he had a good like half a season, and then basically has never done anything since. Yeah, his best year was actually his second season, where he averaged fourteen and a half points, three point four rebounds, two point seven assists per game. Shot eighty six percent from the line, thirty six percent from three. 42% from the field. That's people, a, that's a rotation player. People thought he was like the, like almost like a, a, a rising star in Utah for a second and a half. And then it turned out he absolutely was nothing like that. It's really, but I think, so maybe there's a little more upside baked into this deal for the Blazers because you think once in a while, maybe he actually like finds that guy again and is more than just a rotation player, but actually is like a starter and a good starter for us. Yeah. That I mean, is a dream he's, though. He's that's a rec- not happening. He's a reclamation project. Yeah. He's also an adjustment to Stauskas who at the beginning of the season was looking like, Oh, that's a great find for the Blazers. And he's just kind of garbage since then. So I mean, maybe sure. they're like, okay, let's try Ronnie hood instead of Stauskas. Why not give it mm-hmm. a shot? So that's that trade. Yeah. Um, I mean, two second rounders, who cares? Those are gone. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. All right. So another pretty boring trade Lakers trade some international dude and a second rounder for Reggie Bullock. Tell me we don't have to talk about this. We don't. We just can briefly don't look at me like that. (laughs) We can briefly say the Lakers are clearly just trying to get more shooting. Yeah. Reggie Bullock's a three point shooter. LeBron needs those guys around him. That's what they're doing. Great. Uh, All right. This is the good one. The Clippers. Yes. And the Sixers made a big trade. Just today, although this podcast will be coming out on Thursday, so it was yesterday. Trade, trade deadline day. Yeah. But as you're listening to this, the deadline should just be so yeah, happening. So we might be missing a few things that have happened. I'm sure Maybe we are. even major things. Who knows? Probably. Some major things went down. All right. So the Clippers send the big piece of Tobias Harris. We're going to get into him later. Talk about how he fits and what type of player he is. Boban, who has the biggest hands of all time. Mm. He, is, he has uh, gigantism and is enormous. And Mike Scott, who's like a stretch four. To the Sixers, the Sixers send back Wilson Chandler, uh, Mike Muscala, who I actually didn't know was still in the league. Um, <laughs> yeah. Landry Shamit, who is a, a real piece like he's been playing well and they like him. He's a rookie, but so he's like a real piece that the Clippers can be excited about, mm-hmm. but he's not the, the centerpiece of what Philly sent. They also sent a uh, their 2020 lottery protected pick, which is not very useful. But the big piece here is that Philly had Miami's 2021 unprotected pick. Yeah. First rounder. And that is when high schoolers can enter the draft. Yeah. So Miami is probably not going to be very good at that time. That's that's what most people think. There, there's a chance it's going to be like a top five pick. Yeah. And it's going to be uh, even if it's a top 10 pick, if that is indeed that your high schools really enter the draft, which still a little bit up in the air when that's going to be, I think. Um, but if it is that year, then a top 10 pick is like probably what a normal top five pick is worth. So it's a, it's having it be unprotected is such a big deal on a team like Miami where right now, anyway, they kind of got nothing going on and there's, they don't have obvious windows or obvious ways to get way, way, way better, you know? Right. So I love this move for the Clippers because Tobias Harris is a free agent anyway. Yeah. And the Clippers with their current roster construction with Tobias Harris being their best player, we're never going to do anything in the West. So you might as well try to retool. I mean, what I think they're doing a bunch of things at once here. They're, they're getting all, they're getting stuff for a guy who they don't want to pay huge dollars to. Yeah. Right. Cause he's good, but he's not a superstar. Right. Right. He's, he's gonna, like, he's going to be like 20 million a year. Probably. Right. I think he's more, yeah. I think he's like 25. If you want to keep, I mean, he's doing 21 points a game. He's shooting 43% from three point range, eight rebounds, 
Like someone's going to pay a lot of money for that. Wow. Didn't you just say before this that he's not a good shooter? 43% from three. He is a good shooter. He's a great shooter. Yeah. And this, by the way, and that's not like weird. The year before that, he was 41% from three. The year before that, he was 41% from three. That's when he discovered his three point shot. This guy is good, man. Yeah. He's pretty good. And he's not a terrible defensive player either. Um, so he's got some real game to him. He's like a borderline all-star, not an all-star, but borderline. He, he'd be like in the conversation, you know, if he was in the East all season, he'd, he'd probably make the all-star team because yeah. the East is so much weaker, but, um, but that's like, but that's who he is. Right. But he's not going to be an all NBA third team player ever in his life. No, but I mean, weird his efficiency is really impressive. 87% from the line too, almost 88. Yep. 50% from the floor. Yep. No, it's, it's nice. It's and ni- his numbers are nice. Scoring 20 points and getting all those boards. He's a, he's like a great stretch four. but and here's what the Clippers are thinking, right? Number one, they don't want to pay him all this money because they don't believe he's can be much more than what he is right now. Yeah. Number two. And more importantly, I think they're gearing up to make their plays for free agents. Oh, also. right. Cause they're like, Hey, we're another LA team, by the way, you can I mean, come live in LA. Anthony Davis mentioned four teams that he'd be willing to sign long-term extensions to. And one of them was the Clippers. It was Clippers, Bucks, Knicks, and Lakers. Now, I don't know why he would pick some of those teams, including the Clippers. But I guess if you want to live in LA, the Clippers are a reasonable alternative for sure. And they now have space. They're, they're like, this is also, this works as a salary dump to some degree for them. Oh, yeah. So they to- can try and like get some other guys. To me, this trade works well for both teams. Mm-hmm. I, I think the the Miami unprotected pick was always going to be traded by Philly. I, I don't think they were ever going to keep it hmm. because, like, they have their young guys. They they have a core to build around. You know, I, I maybe they were going to keep it sometimes, but I felt like it would always be a piece of a trade where they would try to get another asset. Okay, I I know that you don't think it works for Philly that well. I think it works for Philly pretty well. I like the fit of Tobias Harris on this team. If he can play the like he plays better defense than Wilson Chandler for sure plays better than Wilson Chandler in general, obviously shooting 43% from three. I mean, maybe that's not reasonable, but at least 40% is reasonable, Sure, which is incredible for if he's going to be like this six, nine bulky four who can guard fours. Think about their defensive upside now with Simmons, Butler and Bede and Harris on the same floor. How are you going to score? You wait till this, the reserves come in. I think that's yeah. how you score. Um, and then, and then Harris can play so well with Simmons because you can put him at the four you can play for the four on offense and defense and he's going to nail threes when Simmons hits him sure I mean that I mean that's pretty normal for forces not not at this level of shooting but like force hitting threes is pretty regular these right days but in the league right but he's like a really really good version of that he, yeah you know he's one of the better force I think this is an upgrade for the Sixers for sure um, I'm not sure if it's enough of an upgrade. Like the Sixers are saying, okay, we're going for it right now. Yeah. Like they traded for Jimmy Butler. I mean, considering like what they've gotten in terms of improving their team this year, it's kind of amazing, right? Like they, they gave up, um, Sarich, Covington and basically the Miami pick. Yeah. Really. And added Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. And they went from a team which was really clearly not in the the very top echelon of the East, probably the fourth best team right. in the East behind even the Celtics, even back then, even at the beginning of the season when the Celtics were struggling. Not anymore, are they? Um, but they were. Uh, and now they've got four guys where it's almost like a, an East version of a super team. It's not like, <laughs> not like the West where no. the super team is like the Warriors. But on the East, this is the most really good players, I think, on one team now. I mean, their starting lineup is kind of absurdly good. J.J. Redick is currently injured, but he'll be the fifth guy. Yeah, He can't nice. play much defense, but that won't matter in that lineup. I mean, it may matter a little, but only against the very, very best teams, yeah. right? Um, so in the playoffs, it may matter a little bit. The fact that Ben Simmons is not a threat to shoot from the outside doesn't go away. No. But... 
adding Tobias Harris feels like it's a really good move. I don't think this makes the Sixers the favorites to come out of the, uh, the Eastern Conference, but you know, by the time we get to the playoffs, that may be very clear that they are the favorites. Too. Yeah, you know, I like mean, it, we'll see how they all how it all blends together. It's you know, you don't really know till you're there. But I like this move from the Sixers' point of view, except, except I I don't like this move because I feel like Elton Brand is going a little too all in right now on this core. That twenty that Miami pick is worth so much. If Tobias Harris walks at the end, like there's many scenarios where both Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris walk because they're both free True. agents. And now you're back to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and a whole lot of nothing. And your best asset is out the door too. Now you don't have Sarge anymore. You don't have Covington anymore. Both who are nice players and you lose that Miami pick also, which could have either gotten you a young player or gotten you something in trade. I don't know, man. They need to resign at least one of these two guys. Yeah, hopefully both. Otherwise, I don't know what, I don't know if they can afford to resign both. Honestly, the amount of money it's going to yeah, take, it's going to be a lot. Um, but if they don't like, like there's a very real, like Jimmy Butler does not seem super happy in Philly. They don't seem super happy with him. He's just a hard personality to get yeah. along with. He may not be long for that team. If he leaves alone, it, I, I imagine they will keep Tobias. They'll probably throw the book at Tobias to get anything he wants. You know, like they feel like they have to keep him. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough if Simmons and Embiid can still get better, but I'm concerned that the Sixers made this move because it feels so short-term focused in a year where they can't win the title. This team is not beating the Warriors. Well, I think they're just deciding, like, we're going for it for the next couple of years. You know, like, 2021 is still kind of ages away in NBA mm-hmm. thought, you know? So, like, clearly we have our young core of Simmons and Embiid. Right. That, that, those are our guys for the rest of their careers as long as we can keep them, you yeah. know? And, and we expect they both will get better. They'll be incredible. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's start winning right now. Let's see if let's take our best shot at winning right now. Right. But if, if they lose both these guys as free agents, then the cupboards bare. Yep. And that was it. They had one half a season when they had no chance of winning the title. Right, they're going for it. It seems like a bad time to go for it. That's what I'm saying. Like I'd rather go for it next year when the when KD won't be on the Warriors anymore. And now things open up again where it's unclear who the best. Te- it isn't like guaranteed who's going to win the title. Guaranteed is obviously slightly strong, but only slightly. Like, what are the chances the Warriors don't win the title right now? It's it's very small in my mind. Anyway, they have Boogie Cousins who's playing great along with their other four guys, and they've already won what three of the last four years since KD's come there. They've won. I know Houston almost beat them in the playoffs last year. Houston is not the same team, and they added Boogie Cousins. I'm not. And also, by the way, everyone's healthy for the this time around on Golden State. Last year they really weren't. I think Golden State's going to blow through the league this year in the playoffs, no matter who the Sixers add. Unless they add Anthony Davis, I don't, I don't see how it matters. I don't that's mind, my concern. I don't mind the shot. I don't mind taking this shot. We're, we're also assuming that Miami is going to be bad for sure, and that pick is going to be a, a high sure. pick. We, we don't know that for sure. You're right. Justice Winslow has been playing the point this year. He's been playing it pretty well. Josh mm-hmm. Richardson is getting better, and he's a good young piece. I mean, like they, they get one more good piece. Miami's good all of a sudden. I mean, they're okay. Yeah. Sure. They're they're you're I mean, you make a fair point. You're they, out of the lottery. They could like, be they could be like that could be like the seventeenth pick in the draft instead yeah. of the, the sixth pick in the right. draft. Um that's true. Um I just would if I were the Sixers, I think I would have held back and made a deal next season. That's all. Just like wait till the off season, KD leaves, and you're like, okay. Now we're going to strike. Now we're going to make the Sixers better. Hopefully we resign Jimmy Butler. We, now we take the Miami pick and trade it. I don't think so much is going to happen in Miami between now and then that people are like, well, that pick doesn't have value anymore. You know, Miami looks so good suddenly. You know, they're going to look the same is my guess. So, and then go for it next season when the Warriors aren't going to beat you even if you get there. That's all. 
Yeah. I mean, those are fair points. I, I kind of like taking the shot. I want to see what happens. Well, I mean, from as a non-fan of the Sixers, I want to see what happens too. Yeah. You know, and I like the Warriors. I like teams loading up to try and compete with them because I want a competitive NBA finals. I just am concerned we're not going to get yeah. it no matter who, no matter who they play. And the East just got a little tougher, you know? It sure did. It sure did. And these may keep getting tougher. You know, the, the Raptors are talking about trading for Mike Conley. Oh yeah. Like Lowry gone, Conley coming in Lowry, possibly to Utah, by the way, um, like stuff could get weird in a hurry. And that's a way, by the way, I think that's a play for them to keep Kawhi because yes. Conley's younger than, than Lowry and better than Lowry at this point. Conley's not that much younger than Lowry. But he's though. a little bit younger and he has less wear and tear on him. Like I know, I know Conley's been like he injured was, and stuff, but he but, was hurt last year. <laughs> No, I know for most of the year. <laughs> so but what, are you, but he, what are you talking about? But Lowry plays like an old dude and he's declining and, and Conley isn't. I don't know. I feel like you're just like this. I sort of you're am. just kind of deciding that for no, I, I, I am a little Conley's bit. 31 dude. How old is Lowry? He's probably 33. Well, that's I mean, a big difference. Yeah, that's, especially if you're talking about re, like if you're Kawhi and you're talking to think about staying in Toronto and if if Lowry's 30, if Lowry's 33, he is 32. Okay. When does he turn 33? Uh, March 25th. Okay. So he's about to be 33. Yeah. Okay. So if you're Conley, it's not Conley, if you're Kawhi and you're talking about re-signing for four years or five years, I guess it would be four years with the Raptors. And you're like, well, Lowry's basically done. Maybe I get one more season out of him and then he's cooked. Right. Or Conley, you get, you add another, you get three seasons out of him and you can see yourself really contending for those years. That feels like a big difference from Kawhi's point of view. All right. Well, that's not a real thing that's happened. That's what we're trying no. to talk about. Real things that's happened. Okay. So let's get back to those. Sure. Um, so I, I'm, I, the Tobias Harris one, I think is going to be the most interesting one to play out this season because the mm-hmm. Mavericks aren't going to contend this year, um, right. despite making the bigger trade so far. The, this could be a, diff- a huge difference. This could take the Sixers to the finals versus going out in the second round. Who Absolutely. Knows? No, yeah. the Sixers might be the best team in the, in the East. Um, that's what I said when they first got Jimmy Butler. I thought they were the best team in the East. That proved to be not true. Right. Um, but this is another big swing they're taking, and it's reasonable to think they're the best team in the East. Now, I don't know that they are. I actually kind of don't think they are because I think it's more than just an a- accumulating talent. Um, I'm not sure that they have the coaching and the chemistry and yeah. the fit, but, you know, they've got... 30 games to figure it out. And we're going to see how, and by certainly by the time the playoff starts, it may be very clear. They're the best team in the East. So you think right now it's Milwaukee and Toronto. I think Milwaukee, Toronto and the Celtics are all right there in terms of who the best team is. And I, I, I actually think Milwaukee is the least likely to come out of the East of those four teams because of their lack of experience. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of just like Toronto's, I know Toronto always gets beat by LeBron, but, but they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals a million times. They've played a million playoff games. Kawhi's a champion. Toronto's not been to the Eastern Conference Finals a million times. Well, a few times. I, have they even been once? Of course they have. Are you sure? Yes. Um, Positive? Yes. Okay. Uh, the Celtics were you know, up 3-2 to two in the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie last year, right? Um, I just think the, the Bucks are going to need another year of sort of seasoning to uh, to be although they have still have the best point differential in the league. Having said all that, right? They're they're outscoring their opponents by ten. The next best team is the Warriors at seven point one. The next best team after that is the Celtics at six point nine. Celtics, by the way, have won I think ten of eleven and are looking really good. And so I'm now putting them back into that same mix. Like to me, they're the same. They're not going to have home court advantage against Toronto or Milwaukee. But I think the Celtics are playing so well these days um, that. I think they have just as much of a shot as going to the finals as those two teams. Actually, okay. it's Toronto specifically. All right. Fair enough. 
to confirm what you said, the Raptors did go to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2016, but I think that was the only time. So they haven't been a bunch. So many times, though, like a million times. <laughs> anyway, continuing on. Uh, yeah. So weird, the East, by the way. Like Washington was supposed to be one of the teams that you're supposed to be worried about in the East before the season or before last season, maybe. Yeah, not this season so much. Well, John Wall is now out for a long time. A year. By the a way. year at least because he fell down the stairs. But that does not have uh, any impact on the actual game of basketball this year. I mean, it may affect the trade deadline. It may affect the trade deadline. That's like true. if you're the Wizards, you should be trading off any assets that aren't long-term assets like Trevor Ariza. You yeah. should be looking to remove him right now if you can. Remove meaning remove, not yeah. remove. There's uh, there buzz that the Lakers are interested in Ariza. That makes sense. Would be a good fit. All right. More trades. Okay. More Eastern Conference trades. The Pistons send Stanley Johnson, who's been pretty disappointing so far in his young career. Very much so. Uh, to the Bucks for Thon Maker, who's also been kind of disappointing in his young career so far. I feel like Johnson's been more disappointing than Thon Maker, even though they both went about... I think Thon went 10th and Johnson went 9th in the draft, but Maker was always seen as a project, and also people thought the Bucks like reached big time on yeah. him. Johnson was seen as like the next really good small forward in the league and that just didn't happen. Yeah, and he's he's a good defender but he yeah. he's a brick machine on offense. He yeah, he's bad on offense and is a good defender but not an elite defender. Um I guess the Bucks wanted more wing depth. They got it. Yeah. And they don't I mean, love and they don't love Maker clearly, which is surprising to me. I guess they felt like they needed to shore up their defense on the wing a little bit. Is, is mm-hmm. Middleton maybe not such a good defender perhaps? When they look at the teams, they're gonna be. This is clearly a move for the playoffs, right? So when they look at de- dealing with Kawhi, dealing with Jason Tatum, uh, they're thinking, okay, uh, maybe Jimmy Butler too. Like, who are we gonna put on them? And they're like, we need a guy. And maybe in their mind, Stanley Johnson's a guy who, in the fourth quarter, they can bring in and slow those dudes down a bit. Maybe. I mean, geez, Stanley Johnson's numbers are not impressive. Like, I mean, I offensively, they're terrible. I don't see how this is an offensive fit with Giannis at all. Like. Stanley Johnson shoots 38% from the field and 28% from three. Right. It's not. The, the play is that he's just going to D up the, the, the small, the wing who's killing you. That's it. And by the way, I don't know that he's good enough that it's going to be that big a deal. I don't, I don't love this trade because I like Thon Maker. But, I mean, Thon Maker you know is averaging 4.7 points and 2.7 rebounds. But I like him. Because <laughs> his name is Thon Maker. Yeah, that's part of, of it. Awesome name. I've seen him hit a lot of threes in big in big spots. He was good in the playoffs. He's last shooting thirty three percent from three. Yeah, so there you go. It's not very good. Better than Stanley Johnson. He's shooting forty four percent from the field, which is pretty bad for a center. It is. But he's super raw. I don't know. I guess they're they're in their mind. They've given up on Thon Maker. They weren't going to extend him, and uh, they're trying to move on. And they feel like wing wing depth will help them this year in the playoffs. That's the kind of move they should be making if they think that's true. Though if they're not going to play Thon in the playoffs anyway. And they feel like they need someone to D up. Even if they go like offense defense in the fourth quarter where, you know, every time there's a dead ball, they pull Stanley Johnson out or put him back in, depending on whether they're on offense or defense. That may be worth it. You know, we're like, even if it's just, okay, there's a minute to go. The Celtics just called timeout. We need someone to D up on Tatum. We got someone on Kyrie already. We got Bledsoe on Kyrie. We need someone on Tatum. That way we feel like we can do, we can like give ourselves a chance to win this game. That's when Stanley Johnson comes in. Wouldn't Giannis be guarding Tatum? Yeah. Who else are they worried about from Giannis the wing point is a of view? Better, Marcus Morris? I mean, I mean, come on. Giannis is a better defender than Stanley Johnson. Of course he is. I don't know. I got nothing else. Is Giannis, Giannis is never going to be covering Kyrie. No. Maybe, so maybe you put Stanley Johnson on Kyrie. 
That sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, I don't Harry know. We will destroy him. This trade is just a weird one to me. Like it's just a wing depth trade. Yeah, I guess so. And then they're just I'd, shuffling I'd, deck chairs. And the Pistons are like, let's see if Thunmaker becomes something because we don't like Stanley Johnson. Yeah, like we're, we we know Stanley Johnson sucks. So let's get the guy who's more raw and yeah. and give him a chance to play because on the Bucks he can't really play, but on the Pistons they can give him all the minutes they want. Right? They put him next to Drummond and say, whatever, go ahead. We don't care. <laughs> it's all the be impressive if you can, please. All right, we got one more to talk about, okay. unless some news comes in. Um, and that would be one that it feels weird and like it doesn't make sense. And uh, it's just a swapping of two overpaid players. And you would think that it would be a salary dump for one team. But no, both players still have two years left on their deal, making about $20 million each. The Heat are one, sending... One year left on their deal, right? Like one, this well, year and next year. Yeah, this yeah. year and next okay. year. The Heat are sending Tyler Johnson to the Suns for Ryan Anderson. Yeah. Now my, my perception is that Tyler Johnson is a better player than Ryan Anderson. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, there was, I think they're both seen as guys who can't defend at all, who can hit outside shots and Tyler Johnson can create a little bit better. Ryan Anderson is a better shooter. I think those, that's the main difference is Ryan Anderson's taller, but doesn't matter that he's taller. Right. I mean, yeah. Like Tyler Johnson plays the two and Ryan Anderson plays the four. Right. So I mean, Ryan Anderson was a starter on those, on a really good Rockets team, you know, not that long ago. And then they just replaced him with other dudes because it wasn't about Ryan Anderson. But if you give him wide open threes, he can really hurt you. He can score a lot of points. But besides that, he doesn't do anything. Does this make any sense for either team? I mean, look, it doesn't make any sense that Tyler Johnson is going to make $19.3 million next year, plus a million dollar extra because of the trade kicker. No matter what else we say, there's no other words that you can put in that sense, which could make anything make sense. That's not what I'm asking, though. I know. Does this make sense for either team? Like, I guess the Suns are just trying to get younger. By getting Tyler Johnson, Ryan Anderson's like in his 30s and Tyler Johnson's 26. Sure, I guess. They they feel like they want scoring punch off the bench. Why? You're the Suns. What do you care? Like, yeah. you're, you're one of the worst teams in the league this year. Maybe they feel like if they get Zion, that having Tyler Johnson will help. I mean, they're not going to win 50 games next year, no matter who they get. You know, Zion isn't going to be enough. If the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis and Lonzo Ball ends up on the Suns like LeVar wants him to, that isn't going to be enough either. You're still not going to win 50 games. It doesn't matter. I have no idea why they're doing this. Maybe they hate Ryan Anderson. Maybe. Maybe they're super down on him, and he brings everyone else down, and so they uh, they want to trade him for Tyler Johnson. Uh, yeah, sure. That's why. Makes sense. I mean, neither of them have very impressive numbers. Jeez, Ryan Anderson... Averaging three point seven points per game this year. I mean, how many how many minutes is he playing? Uh, like almost none. Playing right? eighteen and a half. Oh wow, that's way more than I would have guessed. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler Johnson's averaging at least ten and a half points a game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Ryan Anderson is shooting twenty percent from three this year. That's just super weird. Well, you can see why they got why they wanted to get rid of him, right? He's older. He sucks. So why did the Heat do it then? I got a lot of silence. I don't know, man, but you know what? It doesn't matter. This is just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic for both these teams right now. I don't think we need to do a deep examination of what the heat thought process was on getting Ryan Anderson. I'm just curious. Like why would either team do this? It doesn't make any sense. Maybe there's locker room issues with, uh, with Tyler Johnson or something like that. Maybe Maybe he's a little punk. It really feels like the sun's got more out of it based on the numbers. it It really does. I don't know. That's a weird one. All right. So let's talk about the trade that hasn't happened. Okay. A little bit more speculation on, the whole Anthony Davis situation. Cool. The fact that he hasn't said he'll only play for the Lakers is a good sign for the rest of the teams that are interested in him. Uh, the fact that he hasn't been traded yet 
obviously means a couple things. It means the Celtics are still in play because of the Kyrie contract situation. Sure. It means that maybe the Pelicans are making a play for Zion here. They're trying to find out who has the first overall pick and then trying to guarantee themselves Zion. I mean, or at least give themselves a shot at it, right? Yeah. Depending on who gets it. Like if the Knicks end up with the pick, the Knicks are going to have a really interesting, like both teams are going to have a really interesting moment where it's like the Knicks have to think, do we want to pay Anthony Davis $40 million a year and get him at age 26? Or do we want Zion from the beginning where we don't pay him almost anything for a while comparatively. Yeah. And we get him at age 19 instead of at age 26. And we get seven extra years of Zion. Anthony Davis is fully formed. Zion isn't Zion is an unbelievable prospect. What are we supposed to do? I mean, it's, that is an interesting question and a tough one. I think from an expected value point of view, you have to take Anthony Davis. Like if you're any team that gets the number one overall pick, you're probably supposed to take Anthony Davis. I think it depends though on where your franchise is. If you're the Knicks and you've just signed Kevin Durant and you're trying to get someone else, then you trade for Anthony Davis for sure, right? Because now you have Durant Davis and another, let's call it Kemba Walker. Let's say Kyrie doesn't come. Who cares? You're the best team in the East. Yeah. Like that's enough. Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant and whoever, someone else pretty good is the best team in the East and will be. But if you don't, if you can't get, let's say KD and you can't get Kyrie and now you're looking at Jimmy Butler and Kemba Walker on your team. I mean, I guess adding Anthony Davis is pretty awesome to that team. That's, now they look really that's good. A pretty good team. Having said that. So maybe that, maybe if you can't even get those guys, if you, if you can, you don't want to be the Pelicans though, right? No. So you got to be able to have other stars on that. But team you're in too. New York. You can attract free agents. Boy, they love to say that. But when was the last time they actually did that? That's never. When's They've the last time never New York done it. Ever like had a good team. Like the nineties, they were okay. They won like 50. They said, Patrick Ewing never made a big shot in his career. That's right. Big Pat never made a big shot in his life. But the the Carmelo Anthony Mike Woodson Knicks won 52 games one okay, year. Okay, that doesn't count. That's I mean, it. like, I mean, a, a, an actual threat. When's the last oh, time the Knicks have been a threat? God, I mean, since Patrick Ewing, and that's it. They weren't even a threat then, right? They were. They, they went had, to the finals. They were a threat. They went to game seven of the finals. They were a threat. Oh. They, they lost to the Rockets. Oh, okay. When Michael Jordan wasn't there, they were a threat. Yeah, and one year against the Bulls, they were up, they were up 2-0 against the bulls. Yeah. And Patrick Ewing, after they lost the next two games, started pounding the uh, table at a press conference saying, we don't have to win a game in Chicago. We don't have to win a game <laughs> in Chicago. Then they lost the next two games, <laughs> including that was the Charles Smith game where they blocked the shot, his shot four times at the very, very end yeah. of one in New York. Um, incredible. Uh, so, but that, that's the last time they were in any, any kind of a threat. Right. So it's been forever. I mean, look in baseball. Yes. Big free agents go to New York. Absolutely. But it doesn't happen in basketball, even though people talk about it. Maybe Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will change that, or one of those guys will change it. KD feels like the guy if someone's going to change it. Because where's KD going? Because I, I really think he's leaving Golden State. Yeah. It's like Lakers or New York, right? Where else is he going? Lakers means he's got to be seen as the number two guy again, which he hates. New York, he gets to be the number one guy, though. So I think KD to New York makes a lot of sense. So maybe they're finally going to break the streak. But to, yeah. but but I think there's this myth which everyone talks about that yeah, for a big they're going to get for agents always want to go to New York. They never go to New York. Like they never do. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it is kind of strange. I mean, maybe part of that for the past couple of years was that Phil Jackson was there causing all sorts of problems and maybe. No, nobody liked that guy. But um, before that no one ever went there either, you know. Yeah. The That's, Celtics, the last three years, have gotten more big free agent signings than the Knicks have gotten ever, just by getting Al Horford and Gordon Hayward. Yeah, who aren't like the most blue chip free agents of all time either. 
It was pretty good. No, I mean, but like Al Horford was like the best, the second best free agent on the market. Hayward was, I think, the best free agent on the market. Hayward, before he got hurt, was, yeah. you know, like a still a young-ish all-star player, like, you know, not like your best player on a, cha- on Look, a title team, but suck. number two. You're just going to have to deal with it. They don't get <laughs> Those good guys, players. How Horford's good, man. <laughs> um, but, but about Anthony Davis. Yeah. So it seems to me, and maybe you know something that I don't, that the most likely destinations for Anthony Davis are either the Lakers, the Celtics, or whichever team gets Zion. Like if they decide they want to trade Zion for him. That's fair. Um, that's reasonable and fair for sure. I don't think the Clippers can put together a package that will do it. And even if like getting the 2021 pick from Miami is nice, but they have to give so much more than that. I just don't know if they have the pieces. They don't to have do any it. players anymore right. that are exciting enough to be part of that deal. I don't think they did even before that. Well, trade. maybe if they give up uh Gilgis Alexander, he's okay. Young, good. So card. that in the 2021, but the Lakers currently have on the table, Lonzo ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and two first round picks. Yeah. The Pelicans reportedly came back asking for four first round picks which I think is reasonable, honestly, yeah. for the Pelicans. If I were the Pelicans, I'd be asking for four first-round picks and a whole bunch of pick swaps, too. I'd be like, I want the next eight picks of the yeah. Lakers. Like, give me everything. I want the entire covered for freaking Anthony Davis right now because I know because I know you're the Lakers. You don't want to waste this year of LeBron because you're about to do that. Right. Like I'd, I'd, And I would also say, and if you don't do that, you probably can't beat the Celtics offer down the road. So, like, here's your chance. But you have to give me everything. Like, or and by the way, I know your offer isn't going anywhere next summer anyway. Yeah. So like I have all the leverage. Do whatever you want. Go ahead. Waste this season of LeBron. See how that works out. That's enjoy. So I would demand the world. They, they basically are doing their best to demand the world. I like that. I think I think there's a reasonable chance, though, that Davis is going to get traded this year. Like now, like today, meaning trade deadline day. Yeah. Um, and if he does, it's, it's almost certainly going to be the Lakers. The Lakers kind of need to make this deal. All the players know their names are out there at this point. It's unbelievably awkward. <laughs> you know? It is. Yeah, Brandon Ingram apparently hasn't looked at social media for a week. I mean, when he was shooting free throws last night, the crowd was yelling, LeBron wants to trade you. I mean, it's brutal. It's going to be an interesting saga to watch it play out. Now, it might just be a lull after after Thursday. If yeah. he's not traded, there'll just be like speculation, kind of low level speculation for the rest of the year until finally he can be traded. And then the question is really going to become since then Ainge, whoever has Zion and Ainge are going to be the two places where they can get the most right. Ainge, Danny Ainge and the Celtics have the most yeah. assets currently. Whoever has Zion may have, the, will have the best asset yeah. of all. So what is Ainge truly willing to put on the table? Is he willing to put Jason Tatum on the table or not? Um, it's unclear. Right. Yeah. Um, I think he can probably beat the Lakers offer without putting Tatum on the table, but I don't know how the Pelicans are going to feel about that. Zion, I think trumps everything. I don't know that Ainge can beat a Zion Williamson offer. Yeah. Um, so that's that team could do it, but I don't know if all the teams are going to want to do it, you know, cause you don't want to be the Pelicans. So you need more than just Anthony Davis for this to make sense. Right. If you're maybe if you're the Suns, you could do it cause you already have Aiton, you already have Booker. And you feel like, okay, this could be a whole thing now, right? Maybe. You got Tyler Johnson. Oh, yeah, you got Tyler Johnson. But, like, if you're, let's say you're the Bulls, what young pieces do the Bulls really have? I guess they have Markinen. And they know he won't resign there. Right, that, you're right. The Bulls he, can't do it. He said he won't resign there. He said he won't resign with Phoenix either. Like, that's why it comes down to really do the Knicks get Zion. Yeah. If they don't, I don't know that it matters that much. Yeah. At the same point, and finally, 
the Celtics have said they're going to go for Anthony Davis and believe they can talk him into staying much the way the Raptors are trying to do with Kawhi, much the way the Mavs do with Porzingis, right? Yeah, and we'll Paul George happened with Paul George and OKC. I'm curious to see if the Kawhi thing actually works out and he stays or not. I know. I really believe he's going to, but that's only because he's not talking about it. I mean, it. if they lose in the second round, he might be gone. I mean, there's going to be some broken hearts in the second round in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Almost certainly, right? Like the Bucks, Giannis, the freaking... Celtics and Kyrie where Kyrie may be like, man, get me out of here. Jimmy Butler and Tobias, Jimmy Butler, especially if they lose in the second yeah. round, you may be like, I am so out of here. Right. Right. I mean, there's just a lot of ways this, this could go. That's going to be ugly, but fun from a, you know, outsider perspective, but, but ugly because yeah, second round losses two of the, two of the really good teams in the, in the East are going to be out and it's just going to be tough. All right. Let's move on from the trade stuff. Okay. That's our trade deadline podcast, but I, I, I have something I need to talk about. I need to talk about it. Okay. So the TNT does players only. For those of you who watch nationally televised basketball games, every Tuesday, they've done it last year and they do it this year. Every Tuesday. Yeah. It's two games, players only, which means that all of the commentators, and they're very serious about it, so there's not even a professional play-by-play person. All of the commentators are former NBA players or WNBA players. Mm-hmm including halftime show, including sideline reporting, everything. It's fucking horrible. It's been horrible all of last year and all of this year. Who asked for this and why are they doing it to us? That is my question, Jonathan. Okay. So I don't know who asked for it. Probably Twitter asked for it or something like that at some point. I actually have speculation on that, but I'll get to it after okay. your second part. Um, I actually appreciate the concept of it. I don't mean the execution, but I like the idea of trying something different than the traditional commentary with games because I think mostly it's not that good. Like, it's okay in basketball, but it's not great. Well, I would argue that you recognize how good it actually was once you hear players-only broadcasts, and you're like, oh, play-by-play guys are really useful and good. Well, I mean, the NBA NBA um, network does a, I guess it's NBA TV, right? Yeah. Um, does a uh, game every season with no commentary at all. No commentators. Oh, really? Yeah. And they've been doing it for years now and they just do one and they're like, it's a little bit of a thing and I've watched it and it's weird. Yeah. It takes a while to get used to it because it's so odd having just the sounds of the game only. Well, it's kind of like being at the stadium or a something. A little bit like being at the stadium, but it's also cool. You know, it's, it's like, I feel like I miss the commentary most on replay. Where like when because whenever they go to replay, usually they're they're talking about the replay, you know, as opposed to sometimes in game where it's just describing the action, which is very obvious, you know. Yeah. Gets it to Irving, he passes it to Horford. Yeah, I see, I see that he passes it to Horford. Um, but but as opposed to the slow motion stuff and the replay stuff, where they're really talking about a very particular thing, and you you just have you're just watching it with no context for it in the same way. That's where it's the most notable or noticeable for me. So I like that they're trying different things. I think it's good to try different things. I will say, having watched some of it last night, the execution is poor. Yeah. And by the way, having no commentary is very different than just having a bunch of people talking over each other who don't know how to do the job. It's much better to have no commentary than that because it is as described. It is a bunch of people who are not professionals at this Maybe some of them have become slightly professional at this. Yeah, some of them are. Some of them are professionals. Right, but they're professional at being the color commentator when they have a professional play-by-play guy keeping them in line and making sure they know like when they're queued up and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have no central focus with the, the players. I mean, the Blazers game that we both watched with the players-only commentary, 
it was so bad. It was even their B team of players only, so it didn't help. It was like Isaiah Thomas and Karan Butler and some other guys. Um, but there was a sequence uh, against the Heat where CJ McCollum stole the ball, went all the way down the court, got blocked. Then there was a Miami Heat fast break that ended with an alley-oop, mm-hmm. and not a single word was spoken by any of the players-only people. It was like a 32-second sequence. Right. Not a single word was spoken. So... Um, my quick thought is that you're saying who's who's asking for this or like who asked yeah. for this. They wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't generating ratings for them. If it didn't have an impact, they would not be doing this. They just have their normal guys doing this. Yeah, I guess. So it's got to be good for TNT to be doing it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it every Tuesday. There's no chance. I right? hate it so they, much. I know. It's, it's not. But it, it's sort of like sitting in the stands with these guys as if they're sitting next to you or behind you and you can hear their conversation with each other, right? Which isn't necessarily the it's, worst thing. It's not. It's different because they have this kind of forced thing that yeah. they're, they're trying to be the commentators. No, I know. So, like... It could be. It could be something. It just. Do you know how frequently Isaiah Thomas reminded us that it was players only? It was like once every two minutes. He's like, and he would always add a little like special Isaiah Thomas weird creepy flavor to it, where he's like, "It's not your normal commentary. It's different type of commentary where we really get into stuff." And like six plays happen while he's describing it. (laughs) I mean, Isaiah Thomas is like the freaking. He's you know like. If if Isaiah Thomas was a Star Trek sequel, he would be like Enterprise. I was thinking movies, but okay, oh. sure. No, Enterprise is good. That's good. Uh, if we're doing movies, he's like the sixth one. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the sixth one. <laughs> That's a really weird analogy, but <laughs> but okay. you know what I mean, right? Like he is the stone worst at everything. He was a good point guard, but man, he screwed up the CBA, and that is not the uh, agreement. That's the act. That was the Continental Basketball <laughs> Association. He literally forced them into bankruptcy. Nice. Um, he screwed up the Knicks. He screwed up the Raptors. He was terrible at TV commentary when he was doing it on CBS. He is bad at everything. Yep. But they keep giving him money. It's bizarre. It is. And uh, my theory about who asked for this is nobody. I think nobody asked for this. I think this is something that I can relate to because you and I, as content creators, are often going through phases where we're trying to come up with new different things that were like somehow unique or or somehow more fun than 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 what we've been doing or what other people are doing, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see this in the meeting room sounding like a good idea. Right. Like, how can we be different? How can we make this a different type of show? Well, what if there's actually no professional commentators? It's just players, players talking about the game. That sounds kind of cool. And we've had a lot of ideas that sound kind of cool. And we tried to execute it. And we're like, well, that fucking sucked. And um, I feel like that's what happened with this. And but still, it, it just keeps happening. Right. So that means they're getting they're making money on this. I guess that's so. what it means. I guess so. I don't get it. But it means I, that their experience is that the ratings are up or the fans like it. And that's why they're doing it. So even though you don't like it. They believe. Do you like it? No. Okay. It's awful. It's I, awful I have, and embarrassing. I have never talked to anybody about it who likes it. And I've talked, I know, but you have a very particular group of friends. No, I'm not just friends. I like. I've talked to people about it when I'm playing poker at the poker table. Everybody hates it that I've ever talked to. Okay, but obviously TNT believes that there's there's value in doing this since they're doing it every Tuesday. Because like last year they weren't doing it every Tuesday, right? I think they were. Really? Yeah. Well, they, there was a point when they were just, they did it just like a few times. There was one season when they just, maybe it was two seasons ago now, where they just did it a few times. I yeah. remember it was a big deal. 
And then, and now they're doing it a whole lot more, which means they feel like there's real value. By the way, they did it every Tuesday last season. They're doing it again this season. That tells you that they really believe that it's, that it's a good thing for them and their network, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Even I if really, the quality just, is not good. I just really hope they don't try to do it in the playoffs. Just like ruin a playoff oh, game. Oh, wow. They will probably do it at least once in the playoffs. Yeah. See how it goes. It's going to be ugly. Yes, it will. And to be fair... I don't think that any players only is good, but the B team that we're talking about with Isaiah Thomas is, is worse than the A team, which is Greg Anthony and Kevin McHale who are a bit better, yeah. but, but there's definitely something missing when you don't have the play by play voice and you just have, it's, it's kind of like you're saying, like you're in the stadium and like overhearing somebody's conversation, but it's almost just a little bit annoying. Yeah, they're, they haven't figured it out yet. I mean, it's working, I guess, to some degree for them, but but it it's not a good viewer experience. I completely agree with you. Um, there's probably a combination of players where it will work, but I don't think they're anywhere close to finding out who those people are, period. You know, there's... Yeah, they have to be players who have similar skills to a play-by-play person. At least one of them has to have similar skills. Right, someone has to be willing to call the game. It yeah. feels like, or maybe not, maybe not, but then the conversation has to be so interesting and so consistently entertaining and it's hard to do. Like, I don't know if you had Barkley in there, if you had Barkley and Mikhail and Greg Anthony, maybe that works because Barkley's so funny and entertaining. I think maybe the, it works. I think that just the talking without the play-by-play guy is just jarring and it feels weird. I understand that that's the way it is, but I'm wondering if there's a combination of guys where that wouldn't feel weird. I, well, I, I believe that probably is Bar- probably the case. Barkley would absolutely add some moments of fun. I agree with that, but he would certainly exacerbate one of their main problems, which is like lack of talking about the game at all for minutes on yeah. end because they just go on to whatever. It's like the poker commentators that we see on yeah. like these, like when they do like really long streams, you right. know, where they just like start talking about the food they're eating and really almost never do analysis on poker. It's one of the things we, we hear a lot yeah. with our, with poker time. Um, because we almost always are just talking about the poker that's being right. played and people really comment how different that is than all the other stuff they're watching. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think it's really salvageable from a consumer perspective, at least for me. No, I don't think it is for you. Yeah. I don't think you're ever going to like that. I don't think you are either. No, I don't. I don't like a lot of, by the way, to be fair, I don't like a lot of the normal commentary either, even though it's more um, formalized and probably is preferable to this. But like so much of the color commentary is bad, especially when I'm watching um, like League Pass and stuff where you're looking at the home team stuff. It's awful awful and embarrassing a lot of the time, like a lot of the time, but still better than this. The professional tandem that is the most awful and embarrassing that's national is Marv Albert and Chris Weber because Chris Weber is not good at doing the color commentary and Marv Albert is old. Like he can't see he can't, he, he like Kevin Durant pulls up from like four feet away and Marv Albert's like, and Durant for three. That really does happen. I mean, not four feet, but like free throws, like he's yeah. shooting at the free, extended free throw line and he's calling th- them as three pointers. Yeah. It's embarrassing and really weird. So, so to pair that, the guy who's past his prime and has just got like kind of the legacy deal, I guess. Yeah. With Chris Weber, who's I think the worst color commentator that we have doing national games right now. Maybe. Mark like, Jackson is pretty bad. Mark Jackson's pretty bad, but Jeff Van Gundy saves it a little bit because yeah. they put him together. That's and true. Van Gundy's pretty good. And um, I think Reggie, Reggie, well, Reggie Miller is pretty good. Reggie Miller's all right. Yeah. Not great, but okay. Yeah. Definitely not awful. I think the main, I, I agree with you. Like the national guys on the whole are pretty good. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you get to the, the home team, uh, co- color commentary guys, they're just, and this is true for the Celtics too. Let me be clear. Like Tommy Heinsohn's the worst Homer of all of them. 
Um, but they are so like, it, it's not enjoyable at all to watch the game. I actually like watching Celtics games from the point of view of the other team. Cause I want to hear what they say about the Celtics. That's less biased, you yeah. know? Um, but oftentimes they're so biased towards their own team, much like the Celtics guys are that it is actually, it's kind of just annoying and lame and stupid. Like when they're all getting upset at things that they're like, Oh my God, that was a foul. When it's like a clear 50, 50 play could go either way or clearly wasn't a foul by the way, you know, like I'll see that all the time and it's just with the Celtics guys too. Super annoying. I hate it. You know who, which team I have a lot of respect for, even though they're not like the most exciting team, but as far as being unbiased is uh, the Indiana Pacers. Those guys are not homers at all. I is mean, Quinn Buckner no longer doing games. I don't know if he is. He is bad. Oh, it, I, I don't think he is. Okay. It's, Quinn Buckner is the guy who was critiquing the Celtics last season because they were quote taking too many threes. Okay. Maybe it was the <laughs> Pistons. It's one of those Midwest teams. Mm. I can't remember which one. Sorry. I forgot. I thought it was the Pacers, but it must not be if yeah. it's that guy, because I remember watching a NBA league pass game with their commentary, whichever team this was. And the only way I was able to tell which team it was for is that they used players first names. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cause that's good. The home team only like that's the Homer guys are like, yeah. So Allen does the thing, you know? Yeah. Whereas if it's national, they never do that. Right. But most of them are super biased. Boston is really bad. I've so seen, bad. It's probably the worst. Actually, it's really bad. It's right up there anyway, yeah. for sure. Top five, but it's a lot better than players only. Yep. And um, that with that, let's get to our best bets. It's about time. All right. Thursday night, there's only one game that we were able to bet on. So we're betting on that. Yep. We're forced the, to pick this game. So the Spurs are traveling to Portland to play the Blazers. Easy game to the, bet on. The though. Blazers are five point favorites. Um, what is your bet? It's really clearly Spurs plus five. Okay. And this why? is like a home run bet. Why is it? Spurs this plus is like five? if you like had the power to see in the future, but it was just for basketball games. That's what you'd be right now when you pick Spurs plus five, because it's so obvious that the Spurs are going to cover this game. That's what I'm trying to say. Explain, is that clear? Explain why San Antonio is a surprising 32 and 23, meaning as quiet as little as little house mouse, you know, super. Yeah. T- you never know who's even in the room. Tiny house mouse. They're, they're 32 and 23 though, man. They're legit. DeMar DeRozan's having a pretty darn good year. LaMarcus Aldridge made another all-star team. They're coached by the best coach in the league, right? They've got reasonable depth. This team is the team and they are going to, I don't know if they're going to win the game. I don't think they are, but I think they're going to cover five points is too much for this team. I think the perception of the Spurs does not equal the reality of the Spurs. What do you got? Uh, okay. I mean, the Blazers are going to win by 20, but I, I have, uh, the over on the line of the amount of points scored two twenty seven point five. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blazers last game was against the heat on Tuesday and, and they, they lost that game and were clearly very frustrated and gave up a lot of points and are an explosive. The Blazers are an explosive offensive team, although their defense looked very bad. I think they're going to score a ton. I think their opponents are also going to score a ton. I like the over on the 27 and a half. Me too. Sure. Okay. But I don't really like plus five. Is that just because you don't want to bet against the Blazers though? Because it's obviously like a money making bet. No, like, I, there's no way no, I don't you could actually, bet this and lose. No, I, I think this will be a high scoring game and I think it'll be decided by a large margin. Oh, so you think the Spurs are going to win by that much? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced the Spurs are going to win by like 12. <laughs> okay. 15. Well, all right. Let's just bet the over. That's okay. Fine. fine. We'll bet the over. All right. And that is the end of this podcast. Right, we have to listen to the end.